All right, gentlemen, are we good to go? Yes. Just about. I gotta does... prep. I gotta prep my iced tea. Uh huh. It's like, it's like uh, you know how fucking dude bros have um, they have their protein powders and all those shakes, and they go, oh, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna juice up before I go to the gym, bro. It's basically that. I'm gonna juice. Before. Juice up, bro. Juice. <laughs> Give me a pre-workout, bro. Oh gosh. You know, you know, you know what the best part about it too? I prepped this shit on a fucking shaker. It's like I'm doing fucking hard drugs. Get your fucking tumbler cup. I grab my spoon. I grab a scoop. I level it out. See, make sure it's level, nice and even. Yeah, it's not You're really so even. And then you, then you break out the lighter and. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, when I was a kid, like I, I was like, I love, I love juice. I love, I love juice. So I would eat the fucking crystals, like a fucking fat ass. <laughs> I, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Elaborate. Like the juice crystals, like the fucking like these. You just take a scoop. So like you would instead of mixing it, yeah. <laughs> you I would just. You would just eat the mix. Yes. It's like it's like when you have Nesquik. Uh, what was it? Uh, Nesquik? Chocolate milk. Yeah, Nesquik. Just, oh, that was the just, worst of that. You that just was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> took you so, so long. Oh, God, I know. He's like, my fucking friends are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> No, and then, then you know what I do instead? It's like, when people get mad, at, I get mad at them. I pick it up and throw it in their face like Mr. <laughs> <laughs> no, even worse. I have it in my mouth and you're like, poof, you like, Oh, God. <sighs> so that was the joke on stream last night. Is Endo's like, oh, yeah, I could play FIFA Pro Clubs tonight. Because the, I didn't have too much work to do in terms of snow removal. And for some reason, all I could imagine was some guy coming up to Endo to be like, hey, good job, or hey, here's your pay. Not that I'm sure he gets paid in cash or under the table. But basically, some guy just comes up to be like, hey, you're doing a great job. And Endo gets scared and just grabs the salt and throws it the <laughs> Take my nasty. <laughs> Eat my tea. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Why am I prepping more nasty? There's nasty down here. What the fuck? There's nasty everywhere. It's in my, it's in my fucking drawers. It's in the closet. It's Next time you're just gonna find, you're gonna reach in your pocket. It's gonna just be a handful of nasty crystals. Paulina comes home from work and she opens the door and it's like the elevator and the shine, but it's just nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Just a flood of nesty. I can't stop. <laughs> She's like, Endo, you have a problem. I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> oh fuck! Holy shit! <laughs> well, God. here's the problem, gentlemen. That's way too good to not use on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, just if have our. Just have like a cut halfway through the podcast. We do an we do the ad read halfway through, and we segue back in just with the stuff. Oh no, we just bleep every time it's uh it's nesty because again the 
the Turkey's Take podcast brought to you not by Nesty, but by our friends at Manscaped. Oh, my nose. I think we just go for it. I think we do. Here we are. Hello, everybody. You've been listening to the Turkey's Take podcast for the last four minutes. Welcome to the intro. We are back again. It is myself, Mr. Endo Mills. And Davos, back again. You know, I am very thankful to you, sir, and to one Crash Andrews. Again, normally it was like, oh, every other Tuesday, Sin can't be here. He has stuff to do. So it'll just be Endo and I. But the fact that, like, you've been willing to just be like, yeah, sure, I'll be on. Or Crash as well. It it helps keep that three-person dynamic and leads to us talking about Nesty for 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> no, like, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm happy you guys reached out for the Ooh. offer and... I sometimes I have to remember that. Oh, it's not every every thir- every Tuesday and a Thursday, but every other one. So last week I'm like crickets chirping. I'm like, what's what happening? do I do? <laughs> <laughs> if I could, I would have all four of you guys on the show every week if it would work out that way. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like it kind of turns the podcast into what those on Twitch know like the streams to be yeah, when I yeah. play games with friends where it's just us dicking around, which is you know what this podcast was meant to be anyway. Like, hey, I'm just sitting here joking around with my friend or friends talking about sports and you know we've had to get serious on occasion but then a lot of times as endo knows we've had to cut out certain parts like that before we actually started recording oh, Lord. but this week it was it was too good it was too good to not leave that in <laughs> uh, <laughs> so oh now God. it's a great time to mention that this podcast is still, of course, brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped. You can use code Toogie at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. Again, use code Toogie at checkout at Manscaped, the number one place to be if you want to take care of your balls, your sack. And anything else, really, again, it's male grooming. And yes, you think male grooming, you think below the belt. But at the end of the day, you got those pesky nose hairs. Like Crash Andrews mentioned on the last show. Hey, man, that ear trimmer would be great right about now. Sin mentioned it, too. (laughs) Manscaped has you covered. Get the right tools for the job. Manscaped, code Tukey, 20% off. You know the deal. They have been with us now for almost a year, and I cannot thank them enough for sticking with this podcast through all of its different incarnations. But with that, gentlemen, while Sin's not here, and it would have been appropriate because I know he's a big football fan, we have a very uh, football-centric viewer questions today uh, because it was a big day uh, for the NFL, which means Endo can take a nap and we'll wake you up in 10 minutes (laughs) because I know you just don't care about the NFL, but... I think it's NFL-centric because, as we'll talk about again today, I'm sure it'll be another shorter show because there's just not a lot going on in the NHL right now. We're kind of in this holding pattern of just waiting to see what's going to happen with the trade deadline, which is 13 days away at the time of recording this. And, of course, as we've discussed numerous times, you know, we had the day-by-day schedule for the first little bit of the season, but we kind of got away from that on the show because – the Eastern Conference is set. It's set. Like there, there's not going to be any changes. The eight teams are that are currently in the playoff picture are going to be the eight teams in the playoffs. The Western Conference is a lot more exciting. 
but to the you know at the end of the day too it's like there's just a lot of teams where we don't really know like the conversation every show would be well, boy, is Vancouver going to buy or sell? What's Winnipeg going to do? Are the Sharks going to buy or sell? They should sell. What are the Ducks going to do? What are the Oil- like? It's just that it's the waiting pattern of just we don't know what the hell is going to happen. We'll get more into that a little bit, but football talk for the moment, Davos. I'm going to need you to stick with me here and okay. carry this. First things first, from uh, he has 17 different names on Discord, and again, you can join the Discord. The link is in the description. The uh, viewer questions uh, section is right towards the top. I make a post in there for every podcast you can get your questions in. It comes from Nadelkovich is better than Demko, Stan, which uh, <laughs> I don't even know if Davos as a Red Wings fan agrees with that at this stage, uh, but he has a, yeah, he's he's like scale why he has his good nights and then he then he has the uh the leafs versus wings night <laughs> or they i mean still third round pick though for him i cannot third say round I, was, I honestly i think he has a very high ceiling for potential still and again like i i've been i've liked what i've seen out of him in his first season so hopefully the sky's the limit and if he's not the guy, you got a guy who touches the sky, uh, Sebastian Casa, oh, yeah. who's like six eight. <laughs> so, no argument. Yeah, there. the sky might be the limit for Nadalkovich, and uh, yeah, worst case scenario, you got a guy whose head's literally in the clouds. Question here though was, and this is in relation to Calvin Ridley. Now, this is a pretty big story in all of sports. Calvin Ridley, wide receiver uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, has been suspended for the entirety of the upcoming season due to gambling on games in the middle of the season. So the question is, gambling for players of sports teams. Your thoughts. Now, for me, you broke the rule. Should it be a rule? That's what we can debate. But there is no debate that it's against the rules for an act you know for an active NFL player. Granted, midway through the season he ended up sitting out. But it's against the rules for an NFL player in the middle of the season to gamble on games. You broke the rule, man. It is what it is. Like you know, you can sit there and argue, and I don't even know if this is the right time to bring it up, but it's as an MMA fan, I've seen a lot of this. The idea of Cain Velasquez, former UFC heavyweight champion. Finds out that, I don't know if it was his kid or a family member's child was being abused. So he and a couple of friends, I guess, went and stalked the dude who happened to be with other people in the car, including his parents, and just started shooting at the car and ended up hitting the guy's dad. And people are just like, oh, free Cain Velasquez. The guy, it's... He tried to commit homicide, <laughs> like, and ended up shooting the wrong person. Like, yes, in a sense, you can say, boy, this guy who was abusing kids, fuck that guy. Kane should have put him in a fucking rear naked choke and popped his head off. Not too many people are going to disagree with that. But at the end of the day, you broke the rules, man. Not to compare Calvin Ridley to uh, an attempted murder by Kane Velasquez, but you can disagree with the rules, but the rules be the rules. Granted, I'm not someone who's on that uh, free Cain Velasquez bandwagon. I'm not even really someone who's on the bandwagon of free Calvin Ridley here. Like, man, you got to be smarter than that. But in terms of whether or not it should be a rule, if you're not betting on your own team, I personally don't have an issue with it. 
You know? And even if it goes like the Pete Rose route, where it's like, as far as I know, he only bet on his team to win. I don't have an issue with that either. <laughs> Obviously, though, it's a fine line between like, okay, if players are allowed to gamble, are they going to uh, gamble on their team losing and are they going to tank it? But what player would be... There will be players dumb enough to do that. The bad ones that are kind of fringe players to begin with, try and get a bit more money. But you're not going to have someone the talent of Calvin Ridley intentionally drop a pass, as it is most of these guys have incentive-laden bonuses. You end up with 75 catches in a season, you get an extra 500 grand. But no, I can make 200 grand on DraftKings. Like, what? It doesn't make sense. So boys, I took that in 17 different directions. Davos, I'll throw it to you first. Your thoughts on players being allowed to gamble on the sport they play in in the middle of a season. Uh, like you said, definitely. When if it's a, you make a good point when you say if you're betting on your team to win, it's all in good spirit, in a sense. But again, the rules are there for the rules, and at this moment, it's it's not a good look, and it's, it's it'll cost you time on the field and money in your pocket. And again, uh, he should have realized this. And again, you look at how many other sports there are. And again, I'd say not a good look, and it's definitely going to cost him. Will it change in the future? Possibly. Again, these, these rules change year in and year out. So I think for Calvin Ridley, he could have uh, definitely have a second guess about this and definitely, <laughs> definitely made the right choice, but not today. And um, I think it's. I think the only betting that should be done is via, um, like performance bonuses. Personally, that's sanctioned through the league. It's through a third party. Um, <clears throat> I think it's kind of ridiculous that this whole thing happened entirely. Um, I mean, I did find out that afterwards he was injured and he was basically not to return. Like he was, he, he mm-hmm. was, he was done for the year. And I guess he yeah. thought that, oh, I could bet on games. I'm not going to be playing anymore. But there's probably a clause in your contract somewhere that says. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, another thing, too, it goes into um, the NFL's whole thing on how sports are moving towards this big thing of gambling being a almost mm-hmm. a co- core component of it. Like, it's been implemented. So the NFL. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. They have agreements with DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, uh, 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 Bet Book, whatever the hell the <laughs> one is it. Like... The NFL is very much, like, everything sports-wise is entrenched. Like, even um, freaking professional wrestling with the likes of AEW on their pay-per-view this past Sunday, they announced, hey, we have a DraftKings deal. <laughs> like, everything. It's it, it's almost like we're catching up on the North American side to, like, what the situation has been, I feel like, in England for a long time and just the UK in general. Where it's like, you know, here's Burnley's official sponsor, Bet555, or whatever the hell. Like, it's just so ingrained there, and it looks like they're just like, oh, man, North America, we're we're leaving a lot of money on the table. Let's catch up. Oh, yeah. So, I know, I don't know, I didn't mean to interrupt. I don't know if you had uh, other stuff to add, but apologies. No, I was just going <laughs> to add, um, hey, look, Evander Kane, someone actually did it. Evander Kane didn't actually do it. It wasn't found that he did it. <laughs> And everyone's still going to drag his name under the dirt. But I guarantee you they're going to forget about this next week, next week, Tuesday. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's just move much. on. I mean, how many people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to stand for Calvin Ridley and not bet on NFL games this fall? Not too many. You're going to no, stand for Calvin many. Ridley and bet on NFL games this fall. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gonna I'm going to exercise my right to bet. I'm not an <laughs> NFL player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Question number two comes from Mr. Doug Demidome, owner of the Dimsdale Demidome. Now that Russell Wilson is gone from the Seahawks, is there rebuild official or is it more of a retooling? And then also today, the, the big news quarterback-wise is that Aaron Rodgers essentially signed like the biggest deal of all time to stay in Green Bay, which I wish we could have got Sin's reaction for that. Hopefully now Aaron Rodgers shuts the fuck up too. Jesus Christ, like am I so tired of just hearing this guy like the ego trip on Aaron Rodgers to need to be the center of attention at all times is incredible good luck Packers fans let's hope he actually wins more than one Super Bowl for the greatest of all time Russell Wilson being traded from the Seahawks though yeah that team's cooked (laughs) like you don't trade one of the best quarterbacks in the league and have it have it be done like that team is is cooked. Like, they had a really good run. They won that Super Bowl against the Broncos almost a decade ago. And then the Patriots Super Bowl happened. Uh, so they should have won at least two Super Bowls under that core. But yeah, no, that, that team's that team's done. It's it's the equivalent of an NHL team trading their franchise number one center or their franchise level goalie. It's just like, okay, you are clearly moving in a different direction. And it's a bad sign when you take back the quarterback from the Broncos and Drew Locke, who lost his... He wasn't even... He was the backup. He, he lost his spot to Teddy Bridgewater this past season, did he not, Davo? So, yeah. No, the, the Seahawks are, are going to be done for a while. And honestly, it's probably the best move for them. It's... It's hard to tell. It's really tough to see. After all the winning they've done, all, after all the... All of the hype this team and this franchise has had a resurgence from 20, 2006 to this year. It's been a long run. And now we're going to see the beginning of a tank of a franchise we haven't seen tank in a very long time. So, again, a very great deal for Denver here. And now we look forward to see what Russell uh, Westbrook... Oh, my God, what am I saying? Wilson... Hasn't sort I mean, in fairness, Russell Westbrook's been in the news a lot too for the Lakers. <laughs> oh oh man. Uh, no, it's a great sign for Denver, and hopefully there can be some uh, resurgence in Denver with this great QB signing. I cannot wait to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, this was their first season with the losing record since 2011. Like that's that's a ridiculous, ridiculous run. The problem is they were in a division with the Rams, Cardinals, and Niners, which is very tough. And now Wilson goes to a division in the AFC West where you have quarterbacks Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. Fuck. (laughs) As a Patriots fan, I'm like, oh, fuck. The AFC just got so much worse. It just always seems to happen that way. But, yeah, the AFC is just a... A slugfest of top quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. So while the NFL season just ended, I'm already looking forward to the new one. Although I don't know how Davos feels as a Lions fan about yeah, another season. Woo! You know, I saw I saw strides of of uh, I saw strides of good from the team. A lot of close games. A lot of games that were winnable. Games that went to overtime. 
And again, I didn't see I didn't see a whole lot of blowouts. There, there. I mean, I saw a team, a team that was again maybe outmatched, but they found somehow, some way, found ways to get back into games. So I again, I expected the expected in the season, but again, it gave me some hope to uh, the next couple of years ahead. And the last question comes from Hawks, and it's uh, a question regarding uh, NFL free agency, which starts very, very soon. I don't know enough of the people who are out there in terms of free agency. Uh, all I hope, though, is that the Patriots kind of use free agency in the draft to add up at wide receiver a little bit. Juju Smith-Schuster's out there. Uh, and uh, linebacker as well is a big area of need. Davos, what do you hope the Lions do over the next few weeks that could give you more confidence? Um, <laughs> a lot <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> maybe I'd like to see them maybe get a great, I don't know if it was a great free agent. Like I think their back end needs some work, maybe some a, a good safety, maybe a free safety out in the, out in the back line could make a difference. They got potential on the defensive, uh, on the offensive line. I they have potential on the defensive line. I think I think what they're looking for is pretty well set on the on the offensive defensive line. But I think when it comes to defending the long pass, they're having they're definitely having issues with guys who are new to the program, new to the system, and they need to find somebody to help them out in a veteran status. And I think that's what they need to look for. As for can't ask for QB, maybe wide receiver wise. I think they're going to probably just end up maybe sticking with Goff for maybe a couple more years, and maybe hopefully they could find a QB in the draft. But we know the Lions; they never draft a QB unless it's number one. So, <laughs> just saying. There you go. So again, uh, guys, thank you for your questions on Discord. Of course, if it's NFL related, Endo gets to just chill, which I'm sure he doesn't mind. It's <laughs> like, ah. Eh. It's sit here and just hang out. That said, <laughs> there was something. There was something that popped up on Twitter within the last hour. I wasn't gonna bring up anything Russia Ukraine related on today's show. I feel like the Capitals have kind of forced our hand a little bit. The Capitals, uh, about an hour ago, finally put out a statement. Huh. You know, Russia invaded the Ukraine on uh, February 24th. Oh, yeah. No comment on this whatsoever. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) It is March 8th, and the Capitals have just now decided that a statement's necessary. Quote, monumental sports and entertainment in the Washington Capitals join the NHL in condemning the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the loss of innocent life. We urge and hope for a peaceful resolution as quickly as possible. The Capitals also stand in full support of our Russian players and their families overseas. We realize they're being put into a difficult situation and stand by to offer our assistance to them and their families. The Capitals also play their first road game since the invasion began tonight. They play that in Calgary. I read this as, please don't boo Alex Ovechkin. That's how I read it. Man, you took you took this long. You took this long. And neither of you have to comment on this. That is okay. You don't have to agree with me or feel the need to agree with me because it's my show. That's all well and good. If you have no comment, we'll just move on. But I'm sorry. Like, 
This idea, and I think it was Rick Westhead that put out a tweet today that mentioned that there was a, a like essentially a group DM of Russian players in the league where they were debating if they should say something. I'm not calling, nor are most people calling, to hear from Andre Vasilevsky, Ilya Sorokin, or a bunch of these other Russians. Ovi is particularly in the spotlight because he has outright and openly supported Vladimir Putin. And yes, you will get into the argument of how much of a choice does he have. The motherfucker's Instagram picture is still him with Putin. The end of the day, he has gone above and beyond the idea of someone just being like, yeah, Putin, for public appearances. He has continued to endorse this guy. Now, you can sit there and say, how much of a choice did he have? I don't buy that bullshit in Obi's case. I don't. I'm sorry. There's nothing that's come out to the contrary of this. And for the Capitals to have it take this fucking long to say anything, oh, well, where's the Florida Panthers comments? The Florida Panthers don't have the best Russian player in the world who has openly supported a dictator and somebody who hopefully meets his end sooner rather than later. There you go. We'll say it. I'm sorry, but this is just more BS from the Capitals. It is. It is. That's the only way I can view this. I'm I'm sick of this nonsense of, you know, doing your best to defend Ovi. Why do you got to defend Ovi? Let's go. You were so you were so amped up to speak out in favor of Mr. Putin. Why don't why don't we hear too much from you aside from one little presser? Please no more war. Mhm. Okay. Sure, buddy. Not buying your bullshit. Not buying the bullshit from the caps either. Gentlemen, should we move on? I'll take that as a yes. Fair enough. So, in more positive news, aside from me saying fuck the capitals. Uh, I wanted to talk about some of the more ridiculous player performances, and we'll start off with somebody, Davos, that we had a pretty damn good laugh about, because last week, we got here on this show, and we talked about the wonderful person known as Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson, this past week, decided to become the first player to score back-to-back hat tricks since Alex Ovechkin did it previously, uh, I don't even know how long ago. Robertson has 100 points in 101 career games. He is the best. I love him. He's the best. <laughs> That's all I got. I love this player. He's so fucking good. And again, if he was on the Canadiens instead of Cole Caulfield, if he was on the Leafs, if he was on the Rangers, people would be losing their goddamn minds. But because he's on Dallas, people are just like, oh, yeah, he's good. Whenever he's brought up, but it's not just like a natural conversation people should have been having this entire time. You know what? I felt it was really ironic that all this happened after we talked about him on the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, he must have had ears or something to hear where it's, what, what Tuggy was praising him about. And he just decided to take his game to another level. And I was just like, I'm like, oh, he's just going to. I could see this tweet now, Tuggy. I told you so. Oh my gosh! Uh, just amazing run for him in his last week, like, and just the fact he's having—he's having so much fun doing it. Like, after scoring, uh, after scoring the game-winning uh, hat trick overtime game winner, he was just above and beyond, and getting another hat trick in Minnesota it was just unbelievable. The kid just just couldn't couldn't uh, <clears throat> couldn't be happier. Couldn't be playing a much better game. 
And now with his brother getting his first goal with Toronto, like, how can he not be even happy for him? It's a hell of a family, Mr. Endomills. <laughs> yeah. Nick Robertson's still the better Robertson, though, so Dallas can suck it. No. It was, it's absolute. Uh, damn. Like, it was that good of a performance. Like, back to back Hatties. Was it it's two hot. days after? Like, the day after he, the other one? Like, not even like over like. Yeah, it was the next game. Days period. It was like the yeah. next day, next game. Unreal. He is 22 years old. <laughs> He has 54 points in 47 games. It's ridiculous. He is so, so good, and the Stars, you know, have some concerns, I'd say. I mean, you look at certain contracts, like, I mean, obviously, like, Pavelski is 37, but, you know, you look at Jamie Benn being 32, Sagan being 30, and their production not quite being what it used to be, but we talked about it, Endo, on that show. Um, I think, yeah, it was you, Crash, and I, I think, in terms of talking about the the prospects. It might have been Davos at this point. We've had musical chairs oh, yeah. here, but just the idea of, like, oh, best players under 22, and Dallas has both Jason Robertson and Miro Haskinen in the conversation, as Davos shows off some very shiny Robertson-related hockey cards that will go for tons and tons of money. <laughs> Remember me. Remember me. When you hit those NFL-sponsored betting sites (laughs) to triple your money today. But, yeah, Jason Robertson's insane. Uh, Talked about goalies earlier, but Andre Vasilevsky. Now, granted, it was against Chicago. He uh, showed why EA gave him the contortionist X-factor in NHL 22. (laughs) That man does not have a groin. I'm convinced. And if he does, it's just pure rubber. There's no... There's no muscles to tear, ligaments, tendons, nothing. Like, he was made in a lab to be an elite hockey goalie. It's not fair. I feel Endo and I would be pissed. I'm like, why can't we have groins this flexible like Vasilevsky? We'd be owning our beer leagues. (laughs) Oh, joke's on you, buddy. My groin is always flexible. Holy. (laughs) No. Uh, Because it's like, he makes one save with the paddle. Then the other side of the fucking ice, like almost like the next play after, he makes another glove save on the other side as well. That's ridiculous. Nuts. I don't think I've ever seen a goalie like him make as many of those saves as he's had in his career so far. In like, succession, too. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's absolute mind boggling. I do wonder, like, if you were to look up like on and I'm gonna do this actually right now, Andre Vasilevsky highlights. I mean, considering the second search result is from the NHL YouTube account, and it's top 25 Vasilevsky saves from 1920, and it's, you know, it's 10 minutes long. Like, <laughs> just the fact, like, if you were to put together the highlights of, like, his crazy saves, like, you'd be there for half an hour to an hour already yep. for what his career's been. It's, it's insanity. Kale McCarr, we've talked a lot about him over the entirety of the season. Now, he hasn't scored a goal in his last 14 games since January 28th, yet he still leads the league in goals by defensemen. He has a four-point, or a four-goal lead over Roman Yossi and Aaron Ekblad, who are both tied at 14. But in that time, he has tied a franchise record for the longest assist streak. He has tied Joe Sackick's record of 12 games in a row with an assist, dating back to 92 when they were still the Nordiques. He's tied Joe Sackick, a Hall of Fame forward, 
most consecutive games with an assist. He is a 23-year-old defenseman. Like, there are some players where literally every show, especially if we still kept that day by day, it would just be like, oh yeah, Chris Kreider's great, isn't he? Scored his 38th of the season, by the way. Oh yeah, Kale McCarr's great, isn't he? Vasilevsky's great. Like, it's just, it'd be the, it was turning into, like, the same players. Like, here's our daily mention of how good Kyle Connor is and how I wish he was a Boston Bruin. You notice how we got away from the daily and I haven't had to mention Kyle Connor as much, Endo? <laughs> it's been very good for my mental health. <laughs> Do you know what's not good for my mental health, though? Andre Vasilevsky, because we traded a draft pick for him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Let's let's revisit that trade, <laughs> shall we? Oh, let's revisit no, that trade. Like, I always hate that trade because at first I was like, oh, yeah, we got Kyle Quincy back. And I'm like, oh, God, we got uh-huh. Kyle Quincy back. For those who do not know, February 21st of 2012, oh, the Detroit Red Wings acquired... <laughs> Uh, God, Kyle Quincy and the Lightning in return picked up a draft pick that they used to acquire Andre Vasilevsky. They also got defenseman Sebastian Pich, Pichet. Um, yeah. Traded what became the 19th overall pick for Kyle Quincy. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Quincy, who, uh, God, in his time after that trade, uh, played a full season once and had a high of 18 points. Defensive defenseman or not. Oof. It's okay, Davos. We all have trades like that as <laughs> as fans. Yeah. Ray Croft for Tuca, am I right? <laughs> True. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I know that was a neck crack, but it, you know, I could I could take it as uh, you tried to snap your own neck having to hear about that trade again. Even though, of course, Tuka Rask has retired, and it makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. I'll make you happy though. Austin Matthews became the first player in the league to score forty goals this season. Austin Matthews is ridiculous. You know who's was... also ridiculous though? <laughs> Michael Bunting. Mm. Who leads rookies in scoring? <laughs> Devil's so- bunting on a 950k two-way two-year deal is gonna win the Calder. Twenty-six-year-old <laughs> Michael Bunting is gonna win the Calder, and me He's and Devil's siding with you here. Don't worry. He says. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, if if Moritz Sider gets hurt much like Connor McDavid did in his rookie year and Panarin won the Calder, then I could see Michael Bunting winning the Calder. Now, there is that debate, and Davos, I don't think I've gotten to ask you this question ever. Where do you side on that debate? Should there be an age limit for rookies, or is it just, no, you are a rookie to the league and it is what it is? Like, MLB-wise, I love the idea that a 32-year-old player can win Rookie of the Year because it's a great story. But at the same time... The only other league that someone could really gain that experience in of, of like high-level pro ball is in Japan. Whereas with the the hockey world, like, man, high-level play, it doesn't matter if it's the, the KHL, I mean, Germany, Switzerland. Like, it, there's so many different pro leagues that you can play in to gain that experience. Not that Michael Bunting did, but, yeah, I mean, 56 games played, he has two points up. 
on Lucas Raymond right now in the scoring race. So, I mean, I'm still with you that Moritz Sider's going to win it, but where do you stand on the age limit for rookies? Uh, like, when we talk about, <clears throat> what was it, Panarin winning it, he was 24, was he 25? Or yeah. was he... I think 24, 25, 24, yeah. 25. I think that's a good age, but I also agree with the fact that you could be a rookie to the, to the league and win the Calder Trophy. It does age; it's ageless to that point, and I agree to that. I kind of agree to that. It doesn't matter. You're playing your first game in the league, and or your first season in the league, and the matters doesn't matter what kind of your play is. If you league, if you lead the rest of the league, uh, other rookies in scoring or are good enough to possibly have a chance of winning Calder, I think it, you should win the Calder, no matter how old you are. I definitely get people being upset at the idea that oh, yeah. someone like Moritz Sider at his age and how dominant he's been not getting acknowledged compared to someone who has that much more experience. I, I get that, but Moritz Sider's still going to win, so... End of the day, it's okay. And Michael Bunting might get a Stanley Cup this year, Endo, so does it really matter? Fucking fingers crossed. Uh, so there is an official <laughs> ruling from the NHL on uh, the Hawk Operations Guidelines and what consists of a rookie. So to be considered mm-hmm. a rookie, a player must not have played in more than 25 games in any preceding seasons, nor in six or more NHL games in each of any two preceding seasons. Mm. Any player at least 26 of age by September 15th of that season is not considered a rookie. Michael Bunting started this this season as a as a twenty five. He turned twenty six, so technically speaking, he is still a rookie. Same thing with Panarin and his when he won the Calder. Mm-hmm. No, I I feel like that's I fine. I view it as get rid of the age limit, but take that uh, number of games in previous seasons marker. Take that down. Like, drop it instead of, what was it, 20 games? 25. In the previous 25. season? 25. Drop it to, like, 10 or 15. And it would disqualify someone like Michael Bunting. Like, he played 21 games last year with the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Like, personally, I don't think after 21 games, over a fourth of the season, I don't think Michael Bunting should be eligible for the Calder. He is based off of the rule, but if I could change that rule, it wouldn't be the age limit. It would be you played like what is it? Not it's nine games, right, for a trial in terms of entry level contract. Yeah, on your EOC before a player has to be sent down or it counts. Yeah, so by the time that you're twenty, uh, from the from the moment of eighteen, nineteen, twenty, if you play nine games and don't play up, you that year does not count on your contract. Right. So me personally, I'd rather have it be closer to that. Like again, over a fourth of the season is a bit much. I would put that limit at twelve, maybe fifteen games tops, and you would eliminate a conversation of someone like Michael Bunting, who has now eighty-two games in the NHL played to date as of the time of recording this podcast, being eligible for the Calder. Like, eh. but by the rule of it, yeah, I mean he will likely be a Calder finalist at this point. We started that conversation in regards to Austin Matthews. Again, first player to hit 40. Kreider and Dreisaitl both on 38. Ovi on 34, Connor on 33, and obviously it descends from there. Does Austin Matthews finish the season with the Rocket Richard? Davos. Yes. I don't think 
I don't think anyone's going to catch his pace and the fact that he's just been scoring once or twice, sometimes per game or per other game. It's 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 just incredible. He we we knew coming into the season he was a, a touted goal scorer, but I think he's just turned it up to another level this season. And again, when he's hit 40 and there's still 23, 24 games left in the season, gosh, he could hit like 50 in no time. Like you never know how these uh, hot streaks are. And no Mills, does Austin Matthews win the Rocket Richard? I think so. Yeah, definitely. He's, <clears throat> I want to say he's in a league in his, of his own, but he's, he's just taking it and going right now, honestly. And I think it's going to be hard for someone to catch up on that. I mean, you have Dry Seta with 38, and you have some other guys who are close to that number, but I feel like Austin's just on another level. But getting basically almost a goal per game, uh, if you look at it, because he's played 53 games when there's been 56 games so far for the Leafs. And, uh, yeah, he's, do- he's doing well. He's he's doing what his contract says he should be doing. Hmm. Dreisaitl would be one closer, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw it. Sam Montembeau on the Habs, like, absolutely robbed him, by the way. So, I mean, goalies obviously play a factor in this, too. But, yeah, no, he's my vote, too. I think he's got it. Jack Eichel scored a game-winning goal with five seconds left against the Ottawa Senators the other night. Uh, there was some pretty rough officiating, but when is there not? Eichel now has six points in nine games so far as a Vegas Golden Knights. <sighs> yeah, man, like, you know, Vegas at this stage, they've had a bit of a rough season, but they've never been fully healthy because they can't be or they wouldn't be cap compliant. <laughs> but right now they occupy the third spot in the Pacific Division. Um, it would be shocking if they weren't to make the playoffs, but just looking at Jack Eichel... I still think the Sabres, and we'll talk about this for the next five years plus, I still think the Sabres did well with who they got, which again was Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a conditional first rounder in this year's draft and a conditional second in 2023, so we don't know the full return yet. But Alex Tuck so far has 23 points in 26 games as a Sabre. That's damn good. And Peyton Krebs has 11 points in 24 games as a 21-year-old. They got a damn good return for Jack Eichel. But the fact that Jack Eichel is already back, playing games, still putting up points. You could have... It's that conversation of, like, you mismanaged it. You got a great return, though. It's almost like a, uh, a Mark Bergevin trade. You mismanaged it. You did get a good return. But does the overall depth help more? Or does having... A number one, a legit number one center like Jack Eichel, does that get you closer to success? Oh gosh, every time it's hard for me to realize how many, how many random good players are in Vegas because they like when they have guys like Eichel and then Pacioretty and then Stone, and then you keep counting and you're like, oh my gosh, they have so many, they have these guys on their team. It's hard to remember that they were once an expansion team just a few years ago. But again, them having Eichel as a as a really good top end center changes the out the outlook outreach of the team, and now they have more weapons and more plays at their disposal. It was a great thing to see him score that goal in the dying seconds and almost getting his neck torn off by his own teammate. 
could have been a very sad yeah ending. that celebration man like he got dragged down by like the neck and I like, like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> take it easy take it easy oh my gosh but again like what now think about like if the sabers did do the right thing that what what eichel wanted then then like would he would he be a free agent heading into the offseason what he would have i mean would he want to stay as a saver after after this we don't know but in vegas's terms it they they got rid of a couple uh a couple maybe profitable players for them but again they have eichel and eichel's doing what he wants uh now more than ever after having to sit out for a number of games it is true. And no mills. No. I bet you're just happy we don't have to deal with Jack Eichel in this division, to be honest. Yeah. I'm still very happy about I'm, it. I'm glad. I'm I'm super glad. It's not my problem anymore. I got, mm. I got to deal with them. I, I deal with them like once. Once like a season because <laughs> they, they match up like once. I'm like, all right, cool. It, it brings me back to the whole... Um, there was a funny uh, thing that happened today with, e, with the NHL 22. Um... So they put a new card in for people who care about Hut. Uh, I think guys were delusional, but um, for, for Hut, <laughs> they added a Jack Eichel primetime card, but the card art still says Sabers, and it still has it on. There. I'm like, yep, that that's that's what we expect at this point. But then it reminds me of that clip from the All Star game where they're in Vegas, and you're talking about what sticks they're using for the shots. It's, I think it's Tom Wilson for the hardest shot. And it's like yeah, they have, they have a bunch of uh, a bunch of Eichel sticks. I wonder why they have Eichel sticks. Like he can go in Vegas and just kind of like chill and don't have to be like the biggest star over there because they've got like a whole bunch of talent over there too. And I think that's also probably the best for them. I think that's also the best as well for these players because they can go to markets that aren't really that big of hockey, go up and be a star, but not have to like be the star. That makes sense. It's fair. Final uh, kind of crazy performance over the past couple of days that I wanted to mention. Nick Schmaltz of the Arizona Coyotes. Seven-point game against the Ottawa Senators. Two goals and five assists. That sets a Yotes franchise record. 21% of his points on the season were scored in this game alone. (laughs) And... What's crazy is earlier in the week, the Jets became the first team in NHL history to score four goals in a game, allow four, and then score four more. The Coyotes did that in this game, too. So it was the first time it ever happened in the NHL. It happened twice within a few days of one another. The Oats were up by four. Arizona uh, surrendered five goals then, so Ottawa made it 5-4, and then the Oats scored four more to win 8-5. to five. Outrageous. Just what the hell? What is goaltending? Nobody knows. But this was the first time that a player has scored seven points in a game in over ten years. Anybody recall who it was that did the feat? It was Sam Gagne. It was. February 2nd of 2012. It has been over ten years since Sam Gagne and an 8-4 victory for the Oilers over the Chicago hockey team. Sam Gagne just lit the world on fire with an eight-point night, four goals, and four assists. It's, 
it's hard to remember. It's it's hard to remember. Like, oh god, that was that long ago. But we don't really have that many players scoring eight points in a game. <sighs> yeah. So, like craziness on, there. I, it's I, the reason why I remember that in that moment is because of again NHL, yeah, NHL, and moments mm-hmm. live and all that stuff. Mm. Bring that back, please. Just moments live. Here's. Just coins for hut, except we're gonna take away the coins for hut, and then the mode died. Hmm. Why did the mode die once we took away the incentive for people to do it? <laughs> you know how awesome that was. Like all they have to do is look at what they do with MLB. Go grab classic moments. You have the rosters for it. You have the oh, yeah. you have the yeah. alumni association. It, even like even then, what they did back then was they put those players in on a modern roster. You could be Doug Gilmore on like the modern Maple Leafs and just fuck around, like. The, the resources are there. You've done it before. There's no one there. Look back at previous projects and go, huh, this worked well before. Let's do it again. I know. I mean, I think there are still challenges in Ultimate Team, aren't there? But it, it's if there are, it's certainly not as important or marketed like MLB in Diamond Dynasty. Like, oh, Diamond yeah. Dynasty, like, that was one of my favorite things to do, as frustrating as it could be. Mm-hmm. Jesus, there was a moment. Um, <laughs> I was at my parents, we were visiting, and I was, I brought the Xbox with me, but I left my streaming setup at home. <laughs> and I was on MLB while the girlfriend was reading. And it was a moment where you had to hit a home run with somebody that had like no power. It was a cl- classic moment. I can't remember. It might have been Roberto Clemente. Oh. And I, I still have the picture saved on my phone. I don't know if I'll be able to find it in time. And, of course, it doesn't help people on the audio side of things. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I got to go talk to my mom. She's like, oh, here, I'll try. And I ended up talking to my parents for like 20 minutes downstairs. And then all of a sudden, I get a, a message on Snapchat. It just It's a screenshot of success. And she's like, I fucking did it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like even somebody who doesn't care could have literally. I just found it. It's it's beautiful. So this will uh, this will be there for oh, yeah, uh, people on the video <laughs> side of things. But just I fucking did it. <laughs> oh my god! Like even people who don't give a shit about video games, like baseball video games, could have fun with the way MLB does it. But with NHL, I can't imagine being like, here you go. Yeah, because like... That scored two goals in five minutes to replicate what Connor McDavid did. So here's <laughs> like, the thing about that. Like, that whole aspect is um, they don't give you, like, the... Are we going to go on a little tangent about that? Is that okay? Like, go ahead. Let's do it. The one thing that I've, that I've noticed is when you do a goal in, in NHL, if you beat the goal in the first minute or half, you have the whole fucking period to go through. If you get, say, oh, get 10 hits in, like, a period or whatever, you get your 10 hits, it should just stop right there and then. Just yep. stop. Mm-hmm. And, or, like, stop next whistle. So that way, you get your 10 hits, dump the puck over the boards, play is done, move on to the next one. It makes it so simple. Or, like, if, for mm-hmm. example, like, a player goes on, like, a point streak or whatever, you they give you shifts to play in, like... It'll just sim you automatically to go to the next shift, and you just do that, do it that way, because they don't have that in the game anymore. And it's always, mm. oh, do this, oh, get like, be like good at faceoffs, whatever, draw a penalty, be on the power, be on the penalty kill. They should give you a random scenario in that aspect of it when you're on the penalty kill, and just do it that way, because having to basically go out and randomly trip a guy and have to do this stuff manually when it could be programmed to start you that way, like, it, like, come on. 
I don't disagree. We, we could sit here and talk about the shortcomings of the hockey ultimate team compared to uh compared to what MLB does with Diamond Dynasty. I still have my own issues with MLB and their lack of support for other modes, but hey, that's the life of someone who plays sports-based video games, I do suppose. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring up Schmaltz was because as we transition to more of our general topic, the Arizona Coyotes made a move that I feel like is kind of sneaking under the radar a little bit. They have hired the former commissioner of the NLL, which is the uh, National Lacrosse League, Nick Sakowitz. It's He's very Polish. Uh, he has been hired as their chief business officer. Now, he was a founding executive of Major League Soccer back in 1995. Yeah. He was their vice president of commercial sales. Uh, he then was involved with the New York Metro Stars, who are now New York Red Bulls, in the MLS. He oversaw the sale of the Metro Stars to uh, Red Bull. He was then uh, the CEO and co-founder of the Philadelphia Union, who are still in the MLS today. And he left under interesting circumstances. Um, the majority owner said, you're out. And he cited differences in philosophies over business and a bunch of different things. To the point where like, he was such a controversial figure to Philadelphia Union's uh, supporters that there were fan-led protests to get him out in May of 2015. Around that time as well, there were also allegations that he threatened local media members with libel suits. <laughs> So needless to say, that situation went incredibly sour for him in Philadelphia, but he did end up leaving Philly and left for the National Lacrosse League and had served as the commissioner since 2016. And in that time, the NLL has grown. I, I think that's it's pretty much undeniable. Like if you look at the numbers, the growth of the league up to now currently 14 teams, the league has gotten bigger and better sense. Mm -hmm. And now he joins the Coyotes. And it's one of those moves where bit of a controversial figure looks like you never know when the relationship might sour, but at the same time, it's a guy who kind of knows how to get stuff done, which is exactly what the Coyotes need right now. Even if this guy... You know, read into this how you want. I think you could read into just even that brief description I gave off as this guy might be a bit of a dick to work for. But at the end of the day, what the hell do the Coyotes need right now? You know, you think of his label as chief business officer and what that might entail. You kind of need somebody like that to just spearhead this brand and to get them on the right track, especially when they are going to be playing in an NCAA-sized arena for the next few years so controversial as it may be this might be the right kind of hire and you know it, it came to mind because as we're recording this um you know our good buddy deke slayer he just went live streaming on twitch as he does every weekday uh but he is starting to stream the new wwe 2k22 game now i personally won't buy it even though we could have a blast with it on stream uh because i refuse to support that company one of the reasons why i refuse to support that company in, in any way is throughout the pandemic, they've released like over 100 fucking people while boasting all-time record profits. It's just gross. But the reason why they have the all-time record profit is they brought in a guy 
uh, by the name of Nick Khan. No relation to uh, Tony Khan of AEW. But this guy is literally just typical businessman of, I don't give a fuck how it looks, whatever. I'm going to do what I have to do to make this company as profitable as possible. And it's working. And I'd imagine that is what the Coyotes are hoping that this guy is in Nick Sakowitz, where it's just we're going, or Sakovich, I believe it is, where we're just going to bring this guy in. And he's not going to be everyone's friend, but if he can fucking finally get the Coyotes on the right path once this arena deal clears and so on and so forth, it might be a good signing for them. Not too much to leave you guys to in terms of discussing, but it's it's just interesting to me that the, the Coyotes are just actually making moves, which is a positive sign as all of Quebec shakes their fist in anger. <laughs> uh, I think it's really funny how uh, you praise him for his work as the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, where the Toronto Rock still play inside of Montreal in the first Ontario Centre. You were such a good of a commissioner, <laughs> you'd have them playing in their actual fucking facility. Like, it's... What? 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 I mean, I'm... Gary Bettman. How good of a commissioner is he? He keeps the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona. But this man <laughs> couldn't keep the Toronto Rock in Toronto! You know how many facilities we have here that could house in a fucking NLL team, like, really, really easily? Is the rent too damn high? I'm sorry. Probably it's Toronto. <laughs> That's all I ever hear from people in Ontario. Dude, a month or two ago, I saw somebody, I don't even remember who it was on Twitter, um, but I saw someone who lives in Ontario. He's like, yeah, I'm looking at houses. Here's this house in Oshawa. 2010, it sold for $170,000. This year in February, it sold for $1.2 million. Yeah, well, it probably is too fucking expensive to host yeah, well, an NLL our, our team in issue, Toronto. Our big issue in Ontario, at least, is um, there's a lot of money coming from China in terms of investments from over there. So we're going we're gonna to get to a little bit of something, whatever. It was a place nearby my parents' place that sold, I think, like five, five fucking years ago. It's like a, like a semi-attached like duplex. And that shit sold, was on the market for like maybe like 1.2. That shit sold for 2.5. 2.5 are you kidding me are you kidding mm. me I mean, it's a good area but like 2.5 that's nuts mm -hmm. fuck man i'm never gonna see that kind of money in my life <laughs> if you don't i won't either <laughs> god well based off the housing market for what the girlfriend and i got for this house about a year ago um I don't know. We might, if this housing market keeps going up, we'll sell it, start running again. But who cares? <laughs> there we go. Cash out, baby. <laughs> oh, it's outrageous. So New home reno. So I, okay, fly me out there, pay me for a worker's visa, and I'm good. I mean, I we do still have work to do this summer. It's oh, a house. There's always oh, work shit, to do. We going. <laughs> Endo, come over to hang out for a vacation. Um, here, this here's a checklist of stuff we wanted to do. <laughs> Ah, oh, a shopping list. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, in terms of other things around the league, a uh, couple new contracts. Travis Boyd resigning in Arizona, Ben Hutton in Vegas. That's all well and good. The big news, though, was Jared McCann, Leafs legend Jared McCann. Five years, five million from the Seattle Kraken. I believe he is the first ever player to resign for the Kraken. Congrats. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, put it this way. 
If Jared McCann was going to get that contract, it's a good thing you didn't keep him over Kerfoot because he would have left at the end of the year anyway because you wouldn't have been able to afford him. Yeah. It all worked out. Uh, and in terms of waiver claims, too, nothing too crazy. Andre Schuster picked up by the Ducks. Austin Zarnick on the move again. He goes to the Islanders. And Ole Alevi to the Detroit Red Wings. Will this be the landing spot? Where Ole Alevi finally shakes off injury trouble and figures it out. The fifth overall pick from the 2016 draft for the Vancouver Canucks. Davos, I can't imagine you're just like, yeah, we're going to be great. But then again, I mean, you know, you're wearing a shirt that says trust the eyes are playing. But as we talked about before we started recording, that is the team that just waved Danny DeKaiser on his birthday. I don't think the uh, I don't think the Twitter manager uh, account manager didn't realize what uh, turmoil, what flames he just did, saying happy birthday. I, you know, what? it all might have been my pre-planned tweets, but yeah, just the fact that it happened on his birthday, and mm. for all that DeKaiser has done for the team, I mean, he's probably gonna. I, I don't think he's gonna get picked up by wa- on waivers. I think they're gonna send him down to the. Uh, Minor the uh, AHL affiliate, the Grand Rapids Griffins. So uh, he'll be with the organization still, but for all he's done for the last eight years or so with the team, uh, it's been a job well done. He's he's been he hasn't been like a, a, a super amazing defenseman, but he's been he's been a steady learning defenseman who's gotten stuff done, scored some cool goals, and that's somehow all you can ask for. But Best of luck in the future, Dana DeKaiser. There you go. So, intrigued at the moving pieces. Like, you look back at that 2016 draft, speaking to you, Levy, in particular, like, he is the least successful member at the NHL level of that top 10. Like, everybody else in the top 10. I mean, Matthews, Line A, Dubois, Pugliarvi, Matthew Kachuk, Keller, Alex Nylander, Mikhail Sergachev, Tyson Jost, like... You know, not that Alex Nylander's found a ton of success at the NHL level either, but you always look back at a first round and you're like, okay, there were hits and misses, but man, eight out of ten teams at least hit with a regular NHLer at the very worst. So, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping Ole Olevi, he's only 23, uh, turns 24 in May. I'm kind of hoping he's able to figure it out and maybe kind of get back on track there. You never know. I mean... Jesus, you know, we granted Jack Campbell struggles recently and goalies are different, but you never know when someone's going to struggle out of the gates and then all of a sudden like, oh yeah, shit, it's fine. Like we, we figured it out and everything's good. So you never really know. Speaking of Detroit too, Davos, this ended up being a very Detroit-centric episode. Daka Verana, back from injury. Big piece for them moving forward, even though, as I mentioned, the Eastern Conference is already set. It's a little bit too late for the Red Wings to kind of make it back into contention. Washington currently has the second wildcard spot. The Red Wings are 15 points behind them, uh, even though the Wings have a game at hand. But hopefully Verona can kind of figure it out, because, I mean, it's been unfortunate. He and Mantha traded for one another, and both have had injury trouble since those deals. Yeah, I mean... Coming in, he he had a good start until the injury. He was making himself known as a very touted player, and he has mm. he scored some goals for us. And he started out working out really well with the team. But again, how are you going to move pieces around with guys who have been playing with each other for a majority over half the season? Do you feel like sometimes it could work? I know that sometimes they jumble like we see teams jumble up lines during the 
midway part of the game to get some chemistry going, to get some some offense or maybe some good puck moving going. So again, you have a really good uh, playmaking winger in Verona who can uh, could pick up assists and pick up goals. Who do you pair him with? I have no clue at this point, Doogie. Ah, uh, God. I mean, I want to look at their lines on cap friendly real quick just to kind of see what they're shaping up like. I don't know if they would have had him plugged in on a line yet. They have him on the second line with Bertuzzi and Suter, hmm. which is probably for the best. And the top line, Fabry, Larkin, Raymond, which is also pretty good. So it's not bad. No. Trust the eyes are playing, as we've said. Trust the eyes are playing. <laughs> A um, couple other things to talk about here before we wind down the show. Rick Nash, his number officially <laughs> retired by the Columbus Blue Jackets. First overall pick in 2002, which was 20 years ago, and oh my god. Uh, <laughs> but it, it sucks, man. Like, he's only 37. You know, he had to retire in 2018 at just 34 years old due to concussion-related symptoms. And I, I, it's impossible to not love Rick Nash. Like it is, like, you know, small market team. He's there from almost the beginning with the Blue Jackets. Helps really cultivate the fan base that they have today. Yes, gets traded to the Rangers, ends his career as a Bruin, which was a dream come true for me. Uh, Also played on HC Davos. So there's ties everywhere. Uh (laughs) Good one. Good one. God, thank you. Thank you. Uh (laughs) Funny stuff. Funny stuff. Um, dude, I, I love Rick Nash. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, yeah. That said, the Bruins beat the Blue Jackets in that game. Barely. Uh, they survived to win it in a shootout because Jakob Voracek decided he remembered how to score goals. Thank God Sin isn't here to uh, freaking crucify me for that one. Um, and then the Bruins did blow it a few days later against the LA Kings. That was last night, so that sucked. So Yay. All small in Boston. But, yeah, no. Rick Nash, I God, I wish, I wish, I wish he was uh, still able to play and still be at his peak because he was a a special player there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. A quick shout out to uh, Nasher uh, for having three fourths of his branding up in the rafters inside the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> also, if it wasn't for Rick Nash, we probably wouldn't have Nasher. So. Thank you, Rick Nash. At least not the name. Like, you look back at that 02 draft, it could have been uh, Lettinen, uh, <laughs> Lettinen 32. <laughs> uh, could have been Bomeister 19 or Meester 19. <laughs> what the hell would Kari Lettinen's nickname be? Yanni Pitkinen went fourth. Imagine, though, fifth overall pick that year was Ryan Whitney. Whip Imagine dog. how that would have worked Whip out long term. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. What could have been? It worked out pretty well for Nasher to uh, have Rick Nash be, be that number one pick. Yeah. Worked out pretty well. Um, I mentioned earlier uh, the, the Quebecois shaking their fist in anger. Uh, someone like Anson Carter, he's shaking his fist in celebration because the Minnesota Wild suck. At least they do right now. God, that was so weird where he just randomly went in on the Wild around uh, the Winter Classic. But the Wild have lost eight of their last ten, nine of their last 14, all of those losses in regulation. Five of those losses were by three or more goals. Uh, They nearly pulled off a crazy comeback against the Dallas Stars on the weekend, but 
Minnesota, as it stands, has uh, been jumped by St. Louis. They are down to third in the Central Division, 67 points in 54 games. They are not safe. Dallas is right there. Dallas is right there. Nashville's right there. Like I said, as much as the Eastern Conference set, the West definitely isn't. Minnesota, Claude Giroux at the deadline. (laughs) Make it happen. I will not stop hyping this. I think it's clear, like right now, that team needs a bit of a boost and a big deadline acquisition seems to be just what the doctor ordered to kind of get them going back to where they need to be. So if not... Minnesota for Drew. Where would be the most surprising landing spot? Boston. (laughs) (laughs) The reports are out there that the Bruins have apparently kicked tires for whatever the fuck that means. Uh, But Claude Giroux and Patrice Bergeron down the middle for the Boston Bruins heading into the playoffs? Yes, please. (laughs) Yes, please. Especially because like the Bruins have found their third line of Frederick Coyle Smith, which has worked out very well. Not that Hall, Hall, Posternock as a second line's been that bad, but yeah, <laughs> Claude Giroux with Taylor Hall, David Posternock. Oh my god! <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Especially if they keep DeBrusque for the top line with Marchand and Bergeron. Like, holy shit! Like seriously, Hall, Giroux, Posternock as a second line, Bruins win the cup. So that is my answer. <laughs> to the Boston Bruins. Please, God, let that happen. You know, I wasn't... I should have expected that answer, but I was just like, nah, he's not that homer. Nope, he is. Oh, no, I am. (laughs) (laughs) With David Krejci gone? Oh, no, I, I absolutely am. Please, God. I mean, in terms of other teams, though, I mean, here's the problem. What team couldn't use a Claude Giroux? You know, like Carolina. Here's Aho and Claude Giroux. The Rangers. Here's Zabanajad and Claude Giroux. The Penguins. Here's Malkin Crosby and Claude Giroux. Oh, God. <laughs> like wow. those are just the top three teams in the Metro. And L- Florida. Here's Sasha Barkov and Claude Giroux. Like he fits. Everywhere. Tampa, Toronto. Fuck it. Find a way to add him to Toronto. Who needs defense or goaltending? Christ. Matthews, Tavares, <laughs> Drew. <laughs> no. Oh, no. poor Endo. You know what's really funny about that? There were probably some Leaf fans who were like, yeah, trade Marner, trade fucking William Nylander. I'm like, you're going to trade your top like three scorers? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, we got Bunting. Are there people... Call up Hosang! Call up Hosang! Like, what do you want? Are there people who are still on the trade Nylander Marner Matthews train? Yes. Like, how vocal are they still? It can't be as crazy as it used to be. Yes. Yeah? Yes. People hate them. They don't care because of the holdout, everything. Oh, they're playing well. They want me, they want what's Marner gone. They think Joe Wall is is fucking washed as a goaltender because he had a bad night in the AHL. Like, I I play a lot of hockey, and because like I play in Toronto, obviously, so everyone's a mm. fucking Leaf fan, even though you, they don't they don't t- they don't say they are, and they all have the most <laughs> outlandish fucking takes 
on anything whatsoever. And anytime I come at them with like a little bit of reasoning, they're like, "Huh, oh, I didn't think of it that way." I'm like, did you think at all? Did you did you put any fucking process into no. it? This is the reason no, why didn't. we're not getting out of the first round because you fucking six-year-old man who's got like a Fortune Five company over the fuck, <laughs> fucking like they grew up watching Don Cherry, watching Rock'em Sock'em. And that is the only way they would ever be happy is if the Leafs win a cup playing like the 74 Flyers. Oh, we need Sin in here just to be like, oh, they watch someone that go up and they have the jacket and looking good, good, good boy, good Canadian Ontario boy. <laughs> Yours is almost like a mix of Todd Cherry and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> good boy. We're, we're good franchise. We're going good. So see, there we go. When Crash, when Crash does his Donald Trump and uh, Sin does the George W, you you break out the Bernie. We found it. We- I think everyone on the ice should get a puck. Everyone gets a puck. Everyone gets a goal. I hate that that's his reputation, but it is funny. Uh, it is fucking funny. Um, we talked about the trade deadline a little bit uh, today, too. Calgary, uh, they beat Edmonton in the Battle of Alberta. Tyler Toffoli scored two goals, I believe. He has seven goals in his last ten games. What a job it was by Calgary to get that deal done early. Because he's already there. He's already in the mix. He's such a good fit. Calgary didn't leave it as Endo was holding in, like, the biggest laugh, from what I can tell. Um, um, can I, can I, can I they got the... Yeah, go ahead. So, apparently someone went to a the Habs game and had a sign. I'll share this in the group chat. I also retweeted on Twitter. Uh, so, uh, it's a post from Chicklets. And someone went to a Habs game and put, I am a lesbian, but Caulfield, I'd love to have your stick. And all the replies are just the funny GIF memes. And one of them is just <laughs> of Wayne Simmons. Looking absolutely perplexed. It's not safe. All the it's so good. I'll link it in there instead. He's, he's like absolutely like oh, gobsmacked. <laughs> <laughs> he's gobsmacked. He's like, oh. <laughs> I'll try to recreate it. He's like, <sighs> Beautiful. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Continue. It's okay. That is not the first time that Flames fans have had any attention uh, from their team directed towards the uh, the Leafs of the Habs instead. They're used to it. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Two things to end the show. Really quickly, shout out to Steve Goldstein who mentioned this on Twitter. 20-year-old Spencer Knight against 40-year-old Craig Anderson. In a game between the Panthers and the Sabres, that is the largest starting goalie age gap in the NHL since 2007. Can you guys name the two goalies that were in that 2007 matchup? Would have been a 40-year-old against a 20-year-old in 2007. Hmm. Fucking think they're not obscure goalies. They're two of the best of all time. Uh, Joe Sackick. (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute it was i was hold on wait you were being serious (laughs) i was thinking um avalanche right and so i'm like no i'm like (laughs) 
Davos. Davos. <laughs> I'll just ask you uh, while Endo dies. Uh, was it? It was Detroit against Montreal. Oh gosh, it was Hashik and Carey Price. Oh, I know. The it other was Hashik and who? It was. It was Hashik and Price. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> Craig Anderson and Spencer Knight in the same class, definitely. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> final thing to end the show here. We've talked about reverse retro jerseys in the past. The Athletics reporting again that they're bringing them back. We all kind of know this. We've kind of talked about our favorite reverse retros. And obviously, for Wings fans, for Leafs fans, it's very difficult because not much has changed. But in general, are there any reverse retro jerseys that you're looking forward to? Uh, from any team uh, in the NHL, because obviously there are some pretty good options. Like the most common one, I think, will be uh, you know people mentioning the Islanders bringing back the Fishermen. Like that has to happen. You'd be leaving so much money on the table if it doesn't happen. But are there any other jerseys that come to mind for you guys? Um. I'd love to, for Detroit. For a Detroit standpoint, I would love to see them bring back the their uh, 2013 winter or 2014 winter classic jersey in some way. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. Not the oh, not the, 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 uh, the not the stadium series. Yeah, the Detroit. Yeah, it was the look. like red and cream colored jersey that oh, they wore yeah. against the Leafs at the yeah. Big House. I agree though about that like stylized D Stadium Series jersey. Yeah, I yeah, actually, yeah. I actually had one of those. I bought it from uh, from Mister Thrash Gaming. Uh, I wish I still had it. I ended up uh, I ended up moving on from it, but uh, which is a big regret of mine. But I had to downsize the collection. Unfortunately, dude, there was a time where I first started buying jerseys. I ended up with like hundred and ten jerseys. And then I'm like, oh, I'm moving in with the girlfriend. I need to, I need to downsize this son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I don't have space for all of these jerseys. As Davos tries to fish out that particular jersey, and he has, there is the beautiful D alternate, which, again, I wish I still had mine. It is a beautiful jersey. Um, I'll throw out my choice. I want the Hurricanes to bring back a Blue Whalers jersey. Ooh. I'm a big fan. I thought the, I thought the Blue Whaler jersey that they wore towards the end of their tenure in Hartford was just gorgeous. I know Davos owns one. Um, that would be my choice, personally. But there's there's a bunch. I mean, there's so many. Endo, do you have a do you have an outright choice? Like, if there was one jersey that they could bring back that they haven't done yet, reverse retro style, what do you think? Golden seal. Golden seal. Golden seals. Now, who would you accredit those to? Would you go? And why not the Cleveland Barons? What's the matter with you? <laughs> um, who would who would you give that jersey to as their kind of throwback? Would you have it be one of the California teams just because of the connection? Or that's a that's a good point. I think I would probably associate it with I I think the Sharks because fish maybe yeah <laughs> because shark, fish like a shark colored like, like a shark fish seal. yeah. I'd, yeah, because otherwise be it would dope. technically be That'd it'd be, be the Dallas Stars lineage yeah. for the Golden Seals, technically. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think that would work too because the Sharks they um, you really don't have too many options unless they go with something that's a bit more orange. Yeah. From like the era where Joe Thornton first got there, so mm. that could work. I'm also trying to think of like a uh, more modern Leaf one or like perspective for a leaf because there's not really so many to do like i said just make a summit series one but that's more like a stadium series 
Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, God, if the, if their fucking heritage classic jersey with the hard to read retinas is anything to go off of, they they're having a hard <laughs> enough time making jerseys that aren't based off of old jerseys. I mean, that one technically is. So, okay, the color's nice though. The color is nice, mm. and the pants, that's the only thing. And the pants and the helmet decals are pretty, but the fucking retinas, <laughs> like, come on. They also <laughs> did you guys see the leak that happened with? With Justin Bieber and Martha Stewart, I yes. did. Yes, just a black and blue jersey, which I am a hundred percent sure will not be construed in the wrong way by a certain party of people, completely whatsoever at all. Canada references that we don't get. I think it's it's black Maybe. with blue stripes. Black with blue. What am I missing? Don't worry. What am I missing? Davos got it. Yeah, Davos. I I, I think got it. You think you got? Am I too white for the joke? What the fuck am I missing? White enough for the joke. (laughs) I'm white enough for the joke. I'm I'm shocked you haven't put two and two together yet. Hey, what what just recently popped up at your Walmart a few weeks ago? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that a big thing in Canada? It's not. At least it shouldn't huh. be. But um, considering... Oh, that'll that, be the number one selling jersey for some people. <laughs> that, that's another Freedom Convoy wet dream. <laughs> this is the second coming. <laughs> the second coming! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we have an episode title. Everybody, <laughs> thank you very much for listening and or watching this podcast. As always, the Tookie's Take Podcast brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Code Tookie at checkout. 20% off your order. You can catch Endo Mills on Twitter, on Twitch, at Endo Mills. E-N-D-O Mills. Davos. Twitter. Twitch at Davos Cast. D-A-V-O-S Cast. He's a beautiful man. Beautiful man. Of course, I'm everywhere at 24 You probably know that if you're listening to this. We will be back later on this week with who? I don't know. The rotating cast members continue, and I'm perfectly okay with it. Have a great rest of your week, and goodbye.